Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of the Wisdom on Wheels podcast. I am Steve Johnson, speeding through life at the breakneck speed of 60 seconds per minute. And boy, am I speeding through life right now. I finally have, it looks like anyway, I'm, I don't want to put the cart before the horse as the old saying goes. But it looks like I have an apartment set up. Uh, I'm going to go on uh, Wednesday and check it out to be sure. But it it's uh, pretty well said it seems like assuming unless I go in there and it's just awful um, it seems like I finally got that situation solved and I'll be moving pretty soon that's the good news bad news is I didn't have hardly any time to prepare didn't have hardly any time to um, uh, pack uh, it's a good thing that I started doing that anyway um, back earlier this month with uh, with some help but um, they didn't give me much notice in between telling me that it's basically mine if I want it and um, then telling me that you know by the way April 1st well you know that's about at the time it was about 11 days from when they told me so wasn't a lot of time there but at least I've got it taken care of I think there'll be another update if something goes awry but in the meantime, we are going to continue on with our Genesis study, and we're going to be looking at, again at Genesis uh, 26. Uh, we're going to do one more podcast episode in that chapter before we move on to 27. So um, we're going to, before we go on to 27, we're going to, like I said, dig a little deeper into 26. Um, last time we noticed quite a few references to Abraham. And if you remember, in previous episodes, in previous weeks, when, we, when we've been doing this Genesis study, as we've been studying the life of Abraham, we also noticed some similarities between Abraham and his son Isaac. I mentioned some of those last time, but I, now I want to I look at some of them again and some others that I didn't talk about last time and just spend a little bit more time, a little more extra time, if you will, just sort of going into this a little bit more than I did previously for time's sake. So first we're going to look at Genesis 26.1 and we're going to compare that with Genesis 12.10. And that's Genesis 26.1 and Genesis 12.10. Genesis 26.1 says, uh, and right now I'm reading from the Tree of Life version, by the way. The TLV, the Tree of Life version, for anyone that is interested. And uh, knowing that, I always try to say that at the beginning of this. Okay. Now there was a famine in the land aside from the previous famine that happened in Abraham's days. So Isaac went to King Abimelech of the Philistines to Gerar. Genesis 12.10 says, Now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to live as an outsider there because the famine was severe in the land. So we see here two instances with father and son where both of them in their own time experienced a severe famine in the land and so in Abraham's case he went to go live he went down to Egypt he went down to Egypt to live as an outsider there in the case of Isaac he went down to live among uh, went to King Abimelech of the Philistines in Gerar so they went to two different places but they both went because of a famine and keeping in line with this now Genesis uh, 26 1 passage now we're going to look at verses 6 through 11 
So Genesis 26, 1, and then also verses 6 through 11. And then we're going to compare that with Genesis chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. So th these are some long passages here. We're going to go ahead and we're going to look at this now. Genesis 26, 1. It said, I'm going to already read it once, but we'll read it again. Now there was a famine in the land, aside from the previous famine that happened in Abraham's days. So Isaac went to King Abimelech of the Philistines to Gerar. 26, 6-11 says, So Isaac stayed in Gerar. So first he went there for the famine, then he stayed. <laughs> now the men, of the, place asked about his, the men of the place asked about his wife. So he said, She is my sister, because he was afraid to say, My wife, or else the men of the place would kill me on account of Rebekah, because she's good looking. Now after he had been there for a long time, King Abimelech of the Philistines peered down through the window and saw, behold, Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech called Isaac and said, So in fact she's your wife. Now how could you say she's my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I said, or else I might die because of her. So again, he does the same thing that Abraham did, as we'll see here in a minute. Then Abimelech said, What is it that you've done to us? One of the people could have easily slept with your wife, and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech commanded all the people, saying, Whoever touches this man or his wife will surely die. That was Genesis 26, verses 6 through 11. So now we're going to go down here. We're going to look at previously at what, in Genesis 20, at what Abraham did. This is going to be very similar. Again, father and son committing the same errors here. Starting with verse 1 in Genesis 20. Then Abraham journeyed from there to the land of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. While he was dwelling as an outsider in Gerar, Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. So King Abimelech of Gerar sent for and took Sarah. Um, let me see, hang on. So he for and took Sarah, but God came to Abimelech in a dream at night and said to him, Behold, you are as good as dead because of the woman whom you have taken, since she is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not come near her. So he said, My lord, you slay a nation even though innocent? Didn't he say to me, She's my sister? And she, and she herself even said, He's my brother. I did this with integrity of my heart and guiltlessness of my hands. Then God said to him in a dream, Yes, I myself knew that you did this with integrity of your heart. So I, yes, I myself prevented you from sinning against me. So God's very specific here about why he, why he prevented him from doing this. The Lord prevented this from happening because he was being basically he was being merciful because if he had touched this married woman he would have eventually been judged for it he and his whole household and then God goes on to say here um, let me see so now return the man's wife for he is a prophet and let him pray for you and you will live but if you do not return her know that you will surely die you and all who are yours Abimelech rose early in the morning, called his servants, and spoke all these words in their ears, and the men were very frightened. Then Abimelech called to Abraham and said to him, Why have you done this to us, and how have I sinned against you, that you brought great sin upon me and my kingdom? You've done this to me, things that should not be done. And Abimelech also said to Abraham, What motivated you to do this thing? Abraham said, Because I thought there is certainly no fear of God in this place, so they'll kill me because of my wife. And besides, she's really my sister. She's my father's daughter though not my mother's daughter. 
Then she became my wife. So when God made me wander away from my father's house, I said to her, This is your loyalty that you must show me. At every place we go, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep, cattle, male slaves, and female slaves, and gave them to Abraham, and returned his wife Sarah to him. Then Abimelech said, Look, my land is before you. Dwell wherever it pleases you. At the same time, he said to Sarah, Look, I have given a thousand shekels to your brother. Look, it is compensation for everything that happened. So to everyone with you, you are vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female slaves, so that they could bear children. For Adonai, that is um, a substitute for the proper name of God, Yahweh, for Adonai had completely locked up every womb in Abimelech's household because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So there again is that similar circumstance and sin with Abraham and Isaac and how they both lied and, well, they both lied and deceived um, rulers of other places in order to protect themselves because they thought that they would be harmed because of the attractiveness of their wives. I suppose that's, that could be a little bit of a compliment to a woman, you know, gosh, he thinks I'm so beautiful that they're gonna, they're gonna wipe him out just to have me. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it, but maybe, I don't know, I just think that perhaps they might you know, a woman might say, hmm, wow, I must be pretty, pretty attractive here. I don't know. Just thinking out loud, pardon me. Now we're going to go on to Genesis chapter 26, verse 3, and we're going to compare that with Genesis 12, 7, chapter 13, verse 15, and chapter 15, verse 18. Now I am reading this from the, uh, the New American Standard Bible, which says... Live for a time in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. So that was Genesis 26.3. And now we're going to go down here. It says, Live for a time in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. So now go down to Genesis 12, 7, earlier in the book. And the, the Lord appeared to Abraham, and he said, To your descendants I will give this land. Again, there, so here's this promise of the land grant that God gave the patriarchs of the Jewish people, Abraham and now Isaac. He says, To your descendants I will give this land. So Abraham built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. Or to his uh, seed would be another way to... Say that. Hang on one moment here. It's, uh, why am I having trouble getting this to cooperate with me? That's a good question, Steve. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. All right, now we're going to go down here to 1315. Again, God says to Abraham, For all the land which you see, I will give to you and to your seed forever. That's Genesis 1315. Genesis 15:18 On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham say or Abram saying to your seed I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river the river Euphrates so again we have this repeated a number of times this divine land grant from God to Abraham and then Isaac 
John Hagee, I've heard him say many times that Israel is the only nation created by a sovereign act of God. And that's a good example of that here in these passages where he's repeating this covenant at different times throughout Abram's life over and over again. And it's repeated so many times throughout God's word. There really should be no doubt with anyone that the land of Israel, which is even more than they currently possess, a lot more, a lot, a lot, it's a lot more than they've ever possessed at any time in history, um, the real land of Israel. It includes the land that they currently have, but it also includes so much more that they have never possessed. But this, these passages and others throughout all Scripture should show that the land grant between God and Israel was not conditional. This was an eternal and an unconditional covenant that the land of Israel would belong to the Jewish people forever. Now we're going to look at the next verse in Genesis 26, which is Genesis 26.4, and we're going to compare that with Genesis 12.3, which is one of my favorite verses, uh, 15.5 and 22.17. So let's go again to Genesis 26.3. Excuse me, I'm sorry, that's uh, 26.4 we're going to. And the Lord says to Abraham, he says, I will multiply your seed as, as the stars of heaven and will give your seed all these lands. And by your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So now let's go down to 12.3. It says here, this, is, this was the first time that this promise was uttered by God. This is one of the most often read and repeated verses on this subject of the eternal covenant between God and Israel. Genesis 12, 3 says, I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses or reviles you, I will curse or bind under a curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Genesis 15, 5. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to them, So shall your seed be. So again, this is the, the repetition of this here um, is coming through again with this covenant being continually repeated. There's no doubt about it. There's no mistaking. God doesn't make mistakes anyway, but you know what I mean. You, you have to purposely mess this up to not get it. Genesis 22:17 Indeed I will greatly bless you God says and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of his or the gate of their enemies And so now we've finished that one now we're going to look at Genesis 26 verse 18 and then we're going to look at that with Genesis 21:25. So 26:18 and 21:25. It says here, then Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he called their names as the names which his which his father had called them. So 
we have a situation here where Abraham had previously dug some wells. The Philistines had stopped them up after Abraham died. And so Isaac, his son, later comes along, unstops the wells, and returns their, the names of those to what they were previously. Now we're going to go to Genesis 21 and 25. And there it says, um, But Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of the well of water which the servants Abimelech had seized. So this was the the first time the the first event that that's referring back to. Probably would have been better to look at the past passages first, and then move it up to the one we're currently at. But I didn't um, I didn't think about that beforehand before we started this. So I apologize for that as well. Now we're going to look at Genesis chapter twenty six verses twenty six through thirty one, and we're going to look at that with Genesis twenty one verses 22 through 34. We're going to pay attention to the words covenant and oath in the latter in the in the Genesis 21 passage. Also, we're going to look at everything that is done in Genesis uh, in the Genesis 26 passage in connection with making a covenant or cutting a covenant as it's literally said. And there's a whole lot of great stuff about covenant here in um, this with these studies that maybe we'll get into another time but first let me go ahead and type this in we've got Genesis 20 uh, let me go the reverse way Genesis 21 22 through 34 that's the first one and then 26 26 through 31 that's the reverse of how it's listed here but it's more chronological than what I have here in the notes. So we're going to look at covenant. We're going to look for covenant and oath in this passage. Okay. So it says here. Now it came about at the time that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. So now swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my offspring, or with my descendants. But according to the kindness that I have shown you, you shall show to me to into the land in which you have resided. Abraham said, I swear it. But Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of the well of water which the servants of Abimelech had seized. We just read that a minute ago. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor did I hear of it, except today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech and the two of them made a covenant that Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, What do these seven ewe lambs mean which you have set by themselves? He said, You shall take these seven ewe lambs from my hand so that it may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore he called that place Beersheba, which means well of an oath, because there, are, there the two of them took an oath. Very, again, very creative with their naming, are they not? So they made a covenant at Beersheba, and Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, got up and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham resided in the land of the Philistines for many days. So what do we see about covenant here in this particular passage? 
First we see that the two of them made a covenant, Abraham and Abimelech. They made a covenant at Beersheba, which means well of an oath. So there's that. Now we're going to go, oh, and let's also look at oath, because that's connected as well. In oath, we have in verse 31, the two of them took an oath when they after they called the place Beersheba, which is well of an oath. So that's that tells you again how it got its name. Very obvious and self-explanatory. Now we're going to go down to Genesis 26, verses 26 through 31. And as we do that, we're going to see then Abimelech came to him from Gerar. And his confidential friend Ahuzath and Phicol, the commander of his army. Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? They said, We have seen plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, An oath must now be taken between us, that is, between us and you. So let us make a covenant with you that you will do no harm, just as we have not touched you. And just as we have done to you nothing but good and have sent you away in peace, you are now the blessed of the Lord. Then he made a feast and they ate and drank. In the morning they got up early and swore one to another. Then Isaac sent them away and they left in peace. Again, you notice all the, the similarities here. So, and now we're going to look at references to the Lord that give insight into either his character, his power, or in the affairs of man. And we're going to look at what we can observe about God in relation to those, uh, those references and those characteristics. About his character, his power, and his dealings in the affairs of man. And... Uh, there's also some lessons from for life that we could also stand to remember from this chapter. So now I'm going to read Genesis 26 again in its entirety. And this time I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. That's the NLT, the New Living Translation. And it says, A severe famine now struck the land, as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar, where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. I hereby confirm that I give all these lands to you and your descendants. So again, just like he did several times with Abraham, God is again now confirming the covenant with Abraham's son Isaac. Just as I solemnly promised Abraham your father. He even reminds Isaac of this. So there's foundation for this. There's background for this. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky. And I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed how can you say we haven't been? The Jewish people have given us everything from the word of God to the prophets to the people that are in the word of God to most importantly Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah himself. 
Jesus Christ. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the men who lived there asked Isaac about his wife Rebekah, here's another lesson from this life. We seem to be at least these two, and there's other instances of this in Scripture and other instances in life, where children are susceptible to the similar sins of their parents. When the men who lived there saw Isaac, uh, lived there, asked Isaac about his wife Rebekah, he said, she is my sister. It's the same thing Abraham did. He was afraid to say, she is my wife. He thought they will kill me to get her because she's so beautiful. That's exactly what Abraham did back in Genesis 20, if you remember. Sometime later, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. Immediately, Abimelech called for her and uh, for Isaac and exclaimed, She is obviously your wife. Why did you say she's my sister? Because I was afraid someone would kill me to get her from me, Isaac replied. How could you do this to us? Abimelech exclaimed. One of my people might easily have taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have been you and you would have made us guilty of great sin. Then Abimelech issued a public proclamation. So he sinned publicly or excuse me, he he didn't sin publicly. Abimelech uh, being the the leader of this uh, thing, he he's getting this out in the open so that any anyone and everyone will know what he's about to say. And he says, anyone who touches this man or his wife shall be put to death. So he's not playing around. He knows the sin that he almost committed. If the Lord had not helped him by preventing him from doing that, he very well could have been uh, would have been wiped out by God. Now as we get into verse 12, we see this conflict over water rights. And again, they're living, in the, they're living in a desert climate. There's not a lot of water around. So water is very, very valuable. I mean, they do have water, but it's, it's a very valuable resource. It's still valuable today, but we also have it in greater abundance than they did in that part of the world and, and do. So water rights were very important. Uh, so I guess they would understand uh, Flint, Michigan over the last couple of years. But anyway, going on to verse 12 now. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. For the Lord blessed him. I would say so. If he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, he's definitely been blessed indeed. He became a very rich man. And his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. It, this is probably not a revelation to anybody, but when you are successful, when you get rich, or when you, when you grow, your possessions grow, your wealth grows, jealousy can become a thing for people you know, people around you, what have you. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. So now things have turned south. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. That, that jealousy again. Jealousy and fear. Two ugly traits that can feed off of each other. So Isaac moved away to the mountain. Let me qualify there too. Some jealousy is good and warranted depending on the situation. Um, not all jealousy is bad. Just like not all fear is bad. We're supposed to fear the Lord. 
But not all jealousy is bad. There are some things that we are entitled to have that we should be jealous for if somebody tries to take them. Um, but so Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley where he set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in, filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds from Gerar came and claimed the spring. So Isaac's servants dug the well, and now the shepherds from Gerar come and say, Hey, wait a minute, this is our water. And they sit and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Esek, because Esek means argument. Again, very, very creative with their naming, right? Um... I hope none of you have ever conceived a child while in pain, or you can name your child pain if you uh, go by this uh, naming system. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again there was a dispute over it, so Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug yet another well, and this time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he found the Dixie Chicks there. No, I'm just kidding. For he said, At last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. And now people are sending me things that beep. And now I'm going to have to mute it. Because that is going to get ill distracting. Oh, if I do not put a kibosh on that sound real quick. Which I just did. From there, Isaac moved on to Beersheba, which again means well of the oath, or well of an oath. You remember that from a couple of times already in this study. Where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God of your father Abraham, God said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. He's already blessed him like crazy. Now he's going to bless him some more. Don't let anybody tell you that God is opposed to people who have a lot. He's not. He's opposed to a lot of things having you. It's not the it's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. I remember we've just done a three week series on finances and managing your money. Uh, two of our guest speakers were Dave Ramsey and his daughter, whose name is currently escaping me at the moment. And then we had one of our other pastors give the the message for the third week. But all three messages were about. Um, Managing your finances and tithing was mentioned and other things were mentioned and all that and there were not as many as I expected But there were a few people especially a couple of people uh, yesterday that were talking about how um, We shouldn't be talking about money in church, especially with the week before uh, the resurrection day or Passover Easter, however, uh, one of the holiest times of the year, we shouldn't be talking about money. As if money is somehow an unholy or sinful topic, it is not. Money is neither sinful nor is it good. It is a tool, just like anything else, it can be used for good or used for evil. But in, in and of itself is not evil. Again, I'll remind you, the Bible says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It doesn't say that all evil stems from money. Because if all evil stems from money, then we got a problem. Because Eve was tempted by a serpent and some fruit, not a $100 bill. Okay? I hope I wasn't yelling there. I wasn't trying to. I'm just really getting into the, to the material here. So I apologize if I was yelling. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Maybe I'll keep yelling, who knows. At least nobody can say I'm mumbling right now, which some people have said before. 
And so um, one day, King Abimelech came from Gerar and his advisor um, Ahuzath and also Phicol, his army commander. He said, why have you come here, Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. They replied, we can see plainly that the Lord is with you, so we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Can people see that the Lord is with you? Is there evidence of that in your life? If not, see what you can do to get closer to him. If you would like to discuss that further or have any questions, feel free to email me at wisdomonwheels83 at gmail.com, wisdomonwheels83 at gmail.com, we're not done yet, but I also want to take the time while I'm thinking of it so I don't forget it to ask you to send this episode across all your social media platforms to all your email contacts and word of mouth, however you want to do it. Um, you can, Wherever you listen to this podcast, you can find it. Um, it's the Wisdom on Wheels podcast. And uh, I would really appreciate that very much. Swear that you will not harm us, just we have not troubled you. The um, the um, king of Bimelech here said, um, Swear that you will not harm us, just we have never troubled you. We have always treated you well and sent you away from us in peace. And now look how the Lord has blessed you. So Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty, and they ate and drank together. Early in the next morning, they each took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again, and they left him in peace. That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well they had dug. We found water, they exclaimed. So Isaac named the well Sheba, which means oath. And to this day, the town that grew up there is called Beersheba, which means well of an oath, as we've already said numerous times already in this episode. At the age of 40... This is the little sidebar here. Esau is not given much attention, probably because he dishonored himself, dishonored his family, and dishonored God. But at the age of 40, Esau married two Hittite wives, Judith, the daughter of Beeri, and Basemeth, the daughter of Elon. But Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. Probably not very accidental given the relationship there. Um, let me see. Now we're going to look at references to the, to the Lord in this chapter that give insight into either his character, his power, or his ways and people's affairs. Um, I feel like I've already read this particular thing before. Yes, I did. Oh, no, I didn't. We're still on it. Okay. So... I read through it again. We hit those things. Esau, again, is in rebellion. He had the right of the firstborn. He was the oldest. He threw that away for basically some stew. <laughs> um, you know, one meal for dinner or whatever, or lunch or what have you. Um, that's pretty self-explanatory, I guess. Um, do, 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 do. what we learn about God here well we learn that ignorance is no excuse let's say that Abimelech had touched one of Isaac's wives God could have allowed that and people around, a lot of people around there would have been dead but 
He listened. He heeded the warning, and that's very important. And let me see, is there anything else I want to cover in these notes? I do believe that is all. So we will continue this next time. Again, this is Steve Johnson, the Wisdom on Wheels podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you'd like to send me something to contribute to what I do and the time I put into it, uh, email me at wisdomonwheels83 at gmail.com and we can discuss options on how to do that. If um, if you wouldn't mind also sharing this with on uh, all your social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, MeWe, Gab, email, and I think I got them all. Um, I would greatly appreciate if more of you would do that. That's awesome. All right, this has been uh, that's it for now. This has been Steve Johnson for the Wisdom on Wheels podcast, speeding through life at the breakneck speed of sixty seconds per minute. It's now a little after 3 o'clock, which means I actually made it in under an hour this time. Wow, 36 minutes. Not bad compared to what it's been lately. All right, talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening. God bless, and bye for now.